What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Welcome to the Power Your Life radio show with host and success doc, Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to Power Your Life, and I'm Joanne White, your host. And so many of us, I believe, have had to face different kinds of challenges and obstacles in our lives, and sometimes they're unexpected, and sometimes they have to do with with climatic issues or personal issues or even relationship issues. And today, I'm talking to a really beautiful soul who has overcome many obstacles in his life due to his autism. And he speaks about it candidly. And not only that, he goes around and spreads love and connection among people. I'm talking about Ron Sanderson, who's an author and a speaker on autism. He also works full-time in the medical field. He's a professor of theology at Destiny School of Ministry. Ron is also on the advisory board of Autism Society Faith Initiative of Autism Society of America and the Art of Autism. He has a Master's of Divinity from Oral Roberts University, and he's authored A Parent's Guide to Autism, Practical Advice, Biblical Wisdom. Ron has also memorized over 10,000 scriptures and over 5,000 quotes. He's a blogger for Autism Speaks, Autism File Magazine, The Art of Autism, and The Mighty. And he speaks at many, many events and is an incredible human being. Welcome, Ron Sanderson. How are you? Thanks so much for having me on the show. Doing good. Wonderful. You know, it's it's my pleasure. You and I have spoken several times, and what's so fascinating too is, firstly, I want to, I want to ask why why did you memorize and how why did you memorize and how did you memorize over ten thousand scriptures? That in itself is an incredible feat. There's a famous quote by Charles Spurgeon, and it says, "By perseverance, the snail made it on the ark." And by perseverance, I was able to memorize all the verses. I began in 1995 memorizing verses, and I spent an hour and a half to two hours every day going over the Scripture verses. I don't let anything stand in my way. There's a poor vortex in 2013 of January, and I was in my car with the heat turned off a half hour before work, like every day, with 40 
below wind chills, and I still got my memory work done. I came in pretty free, frigid to work with my toes frozen, but I got through the work. And I spent over 35,000 hours memorizing the verses. And what made me memorize in 1994, coming in 95, I heard a voice in my heart say, memorize my word and I'll help you overcome challenges. And from the moment I began memorizing God's word, I went from having a 1.7 grade point average to graduating with college undergrad with a 3.9 grade point average with two bachelor's degrees and master divinity with a perfect 4.0 grade point average and taking three years of Greek and um, getting a 4.0 in that and um, being able to translate two-thirds of the New Testament from Greek into English. You know, Ron, that's incredible, and so you were moved to do that because you you heard that information, and it has really helped you in your life. You know, there are so many other things that have helped you in your life, too, because you've had challenges growing up, and what what were some of the challenges that related specifically to to autism for you? One of my main challenges was um, sensory integration. When I'd hear noises or sounds, it make me unable to um, control my emotions. I say most people are like bottled water. They get shaken up, stirred up, not much is happening. I'm carbonated different. I'm more like Mountain Dew. I get shaken up, stirred up, and watch out or you're going to do the do. First time I went to a movie was um, a Maxwell Smart movie. Um, and when I went, at the beginning of the movie, there was this glove, and it kept getting bigger and bigger, and then it exploded. And like the future character in Maxwell Smart did um, Inspector Gadget. I went, go, 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 because I couldn't control <laughs> my emotions. My mom had to get me out of the movie theater. I was unconsolable, and even an hour later, I was unconsolable, where most kids would just cry if they saw that pop or heard that sound, where with me, the rest of the night was out of control, um, banging my head and just running and out of being unable to control myself. You now know, it's, it's amazing, and it's it's really not funny because the intensity, at the sound, and at the is is what most people don't understand. The sound is so intense, so magnified that it's it's really uncomfortable. So I understand it. I'm noise sensitive, not like you, but but I have difficulty being in 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 crowded places with a lot of noise going on. So my question is this, you know, you your mom was very sensitive, very understanding to what your needs were, especially when there wasn't a lot of information or support early on in terms of how you can help a child with autism. What did she do? How did she help you? understand what was going on in you in you know in you and your life and help you to move past them to overcome some of the the difficulties the challenges that you faced Ron when I was diagnosed in 1982 only one in 10,000 kids were diagnosed with autism the experts told my parents I'd never read beyond a seventh grade level I'd never attend college and I never excel in sports or have meaningful relationships and my mom immediately quit her job as an art teacher and became a full-time Ron teacher. What she realized when she was working with me is that I didn't learn anything phonetically. When I'd write my name, I'd do it backwards. I had dyslexia. When I'd write, I had dysgraphia, really bad handwriting. And what she knew is that I had a great memory ability and that anything on animals I could tell you all the information on them. So what she did 
is she used art. She'd have me draw these awesome animal pictures, and then she'd have me dictate a story about the animals because she knew I had creativity. And I, she'd write the stories I dictated, and then she'd have me rewrite them. And within two years, by the time I was seven, when I'd write my name, there was no more dyslexia there. Amazing. Now, how how did you how did your teachers interact with you? Since again, at that point in time, there wasn't that much information, and not many children were diagnosed with autism. What did your teachers do, and how did your mother help with that process, Ron? First of all, they had the two teacher rule in special ed during this time. They wanted to diagnose me as emotionally impaired because if you're emotionally impaired and it's not neurological, you don't have to educate. And the two-teacher rule was you'd have one at the front and one at the back. The one at the front makes sure you don't go out the front door, and one at the back makes sure you don't go out the back door. And my mom quoted in Proverbs 22:29, Do you see a man skilled in his labor? He was served before kings, not obscure men. She said if you put him in this situation, he's not going to learn anything. He's going to serve before obscure men. But my son's going to serve before kings. He's going to serve before great men and I need you to work with my son. So she got all the information on autism, all the information on how to teach, which was very limited at that time, and then she developed her own curriculum of helping me learn by art and having them work one-on-one with me. And she let them know the, the processing issues and the issues with sensory issues and then integrated a new form of um, curriculum that used art and um, hands-on so I could learn because I'm a visual learner. I can't learn anything phonetically. If I hear ba or bore, I can't distinguish between the two of them. So she found the, the, the way into your ability to learn, and she maximized that, and she, she really helped the teachers kind of understand that. Now, when you said one in the back and one in the front, does that mean that they put you in a special room, or, or I, I'm trying to understand what that means? What that means is that they were babysitting the kids. So you had the person in the front to make sure the kids weren't running out, and then you had a person in the back to make sure they didn't go out the second door. So they, so they weren't really educating. They were they, they were, were just, just yeah. right, like you said, babysitting. They were just waiting, you know, marking the time until it was time to go. That to me, that's that's horrible. That's a travesty. They probably didn't know any better, but it, but still, that's not the way to treat people. Now you are a parent yourself. You're you're beautifully married. You have been married for some time and a father how does that impact how do do you you know how do you be a dad with your with your son how does it work because a lot of people are thinking well well how does how, how could he be a father how could he be married they don't get it so let's let's help these people understand it a little bit i got uh married december 7th and it'll be five years um, this coming December 7th, and then my daughter, Michaela Marie, she was born March 20th. And what it's like to have autism and be a dad is it's um, you have to learn how to handle different situations. With me, I'm very repetitive every day at 3.35 this, um, I begin my memory work. But with having a daughter, you learn to adapt. There's a word diptych, which means being able to adapt in any situation, culture, or environment, and that's why I say I became a diptych, having to learn to adapt to things, having a daughter. 
How old is your daughter? She's now um, 17 months old. Oh, sweet. Okay. So um, you're adapting beautifully, right? <laughs> yeah, I'd learned I think... to um, adapt to things. Plus, my mom helps out a lot because me and my wife both work full-time. So Monday through Friday, she's at my parents' house with my dad and mom taking care of her, and she loves being over there. Today she's over there so I could do this podcast, and she loves doggies. If she sees a dog, she's a dog, dog, and gets all excited. <laughs> so when she gets older, we'll now get she's interested in, do- in, in dogs, and you have an interest in prairie dogs. Do you think that that was something that she got from you? And <laughs> how did your mom I think help you with me that? Me and my wife, we both love animals. Actually, on our first time when I met the in-laws, me and my wife had been dating for a month. There in the backyard was a little gray rabbit, and it took me an hour and a half. I caught the rabbit. We still have the rabbit to this day, and the rabbit's name's Bags. And um, so we've both loved animals, even from when we first met um, over five years ago, seven years ago now. We already um, had our pet rabbit. You know, it's wonderful that what, that you can share some some love of something anybody can in a relationship. It's really important, and the love of animals. I think that's fantastic. <clears throat> Excuse me. You talked a little bit about your sensory issues with with sound and, and noise, especially in that theater. What about um, smell and maybe other other sensory issues that you have? Can you tell us about that? Yeah. I have one to touch, too. I don't like um, someone to all of a sudden touch me. So when I was in third grade, they had a clown come to Cub Scouts, and the clown had a puppet on its hand of a lamb. It had the red nose and it had the red hair and the white face. And this coming month, um, Stephen King's movie, It, about a clown's coming out. And I have the cure to the scary clown syndrome you're having across the United States. It's called autism. So I was sitting front row, the clown thought it'd be funny to take my hat off my head and put it on this kid's head and put it back on my head, and when it took the hat off my head and put it on the other kid's head with one swoop, I already had that lamb puppet and proceeded to beat the living snot out of that clown. I went (laughs) running out of there, never became a Cub Scout, never became a wolf, never became an eagle, although I flew like an eagle out of there. I said they need a new badge called the Honey Badger because the Honey Badger doesn't give up, and that's what happened <laughs> to that clown. And also I have an amazing sense of smell and taste. And the thing that makes me go off is bleach. I cannot stand bleach. If you use bleach a week after you use it, I can still smell it like it's fresh. And also with taste, um, I like certain fish, but I don't like other fish. And um, my parents one time had a thing of popsicles in the refrigerator on top of salmon, and they took they ate the salmon. And a week after the salmon was gone, when I ate a popsicle, I could taste the salmon on the the popsicle, even though it never touched the salmon, and they were in two different parts of the refrigerator. I actually, I I can understand that a lot of people can't. I'm very sensitive to to taste and smell too. I have a question for you because you have this incredible book, and it's a called A Parent's Guide to Autism: Practical Advice, Biblical Wisdom. What are some of the important 
pieces, the important advice that, that are in the book and that you wish to share, not only with, with parents of, of children on the spectrum, but all parents? What's important, Ron? One of the things I think is the most important with a child who's diagnosed at a young age is um, getting them life skills, empowering them to be able to someday be employed and empowering them someday to have independence. And one of the things is that moms usually over-nurture a child with autism and dads want to fix a child with autism. I say that moms usually do better with children with autism because it's not something you fix, it's something you deal with. The dad comes with his toolbox and say, how can we fix this autism? But it's not something you fix, it's something you deal with. And the key to helping a child with autism is you've got to get into their world, find out why the reason behind the behavior, the reason behind the actions that they have, and then help them come out into your world by showing an interest in those areas, whether it's trains and, and helping the kid to learn math by using train equations, or whether it's um, robots, helping the kid learn more about robots and learn more about how those apply to the everyday life. But it's using those special interests and refining those special interests so that they're appropriate and helping them be able to integrate into society and into um, being able to have independence. And that's one of the things that I really stress in my book and also um, being aware of um, in the IEP, the Individual Education Plan, what skills are you going to be working with and how um, are you going to develop those skills and how can you also know if those skills are being developed. And I have a whole section on that in my book. Well, what's important, because I've also been a teacher of special education and and understand about the individual education plan, and what's important is parent parental involvement and to really have parents have a sense of what what the educational program is and have input into it. So because who knows their child? I mean, does a, t- a, t- a parent knows their child a, a heck of a lot more than a teacher who meets a kid for the first time, even with all sorts of testing procedures and whatever. You know, I just want to tell a quick story because my book, um, More Heaven Because Every Child is Special, is about that experience when I was teaching years ago when, just like you said, when when medical profession said kids needed to be institutionalized and, and, and there wasn't a lot of information. And the way that I actually help children was to enter into their world and you know at the time that wasn't something that was done this is late 1970s but but that was the way I you know I determined I had to reach a child any way I possibly could and who was I to say my world was better before I even had a glimpse or an understanding of theirs so I'm glad you said that because I believe that 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 really opens up doors for for children now you had mentioned that your mom helped you with with communication and social skills because of your interest in animals and dogs. And can you explain that a little bit, especially prairie dogs? Yeah. So everywhere I went from age 7 to age 16, I had a stuffed prairie dog named Prairie Pup. And my mom would have me draw drawings of Prairie Pup, dictate stories about Prairie Pup, and use him for learning. And when I was in the fifth grade, I won the Detroit Edison poster contest for all of Oakland County by drawing a picture of Prairie Pup working near electrical wires. And it says, don't become a furry fried friend, 
make sure there's no wires where you build your fort. And um, by winning the contest, me and Prairie Pup got to meet the captain of the Detroit Pistons basketball team at the time, Isaiah Thomas, who's now a Hall of Famer. And my mom also had girls make Prairie Pup outfits. One made them a, a um, cowboy outfit. One made them a sweater. One made them T-shirts. And then by doing that, I was able to interact with girls and um, have confidence and self-esteem in that. You know, self-esteem and confidence are really, really important. And it's not something that, that just happens overnight. It has to be supported by family and by community and, and in social interactions. And oftentimes people on the spectrum are not understood and are not totally embraced and accepted into a, a social arena or social world. What did your parents do or what can parents do specifically Ron to to help a child develop his or her self-esteem so that they feel more comfortable about who they are and more comfortable in the world I think the number one thing is that let the child speak for themselves so often I go and speak at autism conferences all around Michigan and um, a parent will introduce me to their child and they'll do all the speaking and the child is standing there instead of letting that child express themselves. I think, too, is um, celebrate the small accomplishments that lead to the bigger accomplishments. And what I mean by that is that the kid likes playing with Legos, help him build a, a Lego car or help him build a Lego fort and then congratulate him when he's done building it. Or if the girl likes dolls, help them put together a dollhouse and every um, step of the way give them praise. And one thing I've noticed between successful children on the spectrum and ones who have less progress is this, is that the parents who have the most positive attitudes get the best results. And for self-esteem to develop in a child, there has to be a positive attitude. There has to be an attitude of we love you unconditionally and we're going to work with you and help you to be the best that you can be. And every child that's different, since it's a spectrum, there's going to be high-functioning. There's also going to be ones who I like to call more systematized or isolated just because that's how their brain works. But to really work with the child and try and help them become out of their shell, there's an old saying, quote, the, snake, or the turtle gets ahead by sticking his neck out. And that's what self-confidence is all about, it's being able to be confident take risk it's being able to be confident to talk to people to share with people and to be willing to be open to people like the turtle that sticks its neck out to be able to um accomplish the best things that you're able to accomplish with what you've been given in life you know i think that's so important and oftentimes we we as parents or just individuals become very impatient we expect somebody to do a task and to do it quickly or right and and like you said it's a it can be a process and to really celebrate the small acts that lead to that ultimate success and i love the idea of unconditional love because children all children are so sensitive to their parents 
love or lack of it, and they can sense and feel when a parent is annoyed, even without without words. They can they can understand when a parent is is angry or impatient, and that really helps or hinders a child in his or her view of of who they are and how they are in the world. I remember a quick time where I was helping a, a little girl learn how to tie her shoes and just to be able to hold the shoelaces and you know it was a process and it didn't happen overnight but like you said celebrate celebrate the small gifts celebrate the small successes because when we do that they lead to the larger ones and so that's that's so beautifully said thank you for that i appreciate it okay Okay, so you have a case with you know American Disabilities Act Sanderson versus MHSAA. So what is that about, and and where are you with that? Um, the case took place in 1995. My senior year of high school, the Michigan High School Athletic Association wasn't going to allow me to compete on the track team because I was three months past the age limit of 19. So I turned 19 coming to my senior year, so I was past the age limit, but I was held back due to having autism, I was still back in kindergarten, which made me pass the age limit. And coming my senior year, or my junior year, we finished 12th in the state of Michigan for the 3200 relay. And on the way back from the the meet, the state meet, Nate Clay said to Coach Bud, who is my coach, next year would be the fastest relay in the state of Michigan, but we won't have Ron on our relay team. And again, I heard God speak to my heart, I'll provide a way for you to run on the track team. And I told Coach Bud, I said, next year I'm going to be on that track team and we're going to set the school record. Coach Bud looked at me and said, in the last 20 years, no one in the United States has been able to beat a high school athletic association for the state and be able to compete past the age limit. And it's statewide but also nationwide that they have these limits on age. And things looked hopeless. My parents called all the lawyers in Michigan. They said it would be over $40,000, which we couldn't afford. And I came back from a five-mile run, and there on the front page of Detroit Free Press was a young man named Craig Stanley. He was born 575, um, May of 1975, same year, same month I was born. He was a um, track and cross-country runner, just like I was. And he had a learning disability, but not autism that held him back. So my parents called his parents. They said, there's no way our kids are going to be able to run. We've called the lawyers. It's cost too much. And I said, God's going to provide a way for us to run. Let's do a, my mom said, let's do a second article in the Detroit Free Press saying now there's two young men who are past the age limit. They got the article in there. And that week I got water baptized on a Sunday. And when I came out of the water at 9 a.m., the pastor looked at me and he said, I have a verse for you, Joel 225. I repay the years the locusts have eaten, the great locusts, the young locusts, the other locusts, the locusts worms, my great army I sent among you. So there was something in your life that ate away from your life, maybe a disability or some hardship, but God today is blessing that, and you're gonna, it's going to be part of your ministry that God has for you. And when I got home, the answering machine was blinking red, and I pressed the button. Right when I pressed the button, 9 a.m. came that that was the time of the phone call, and it was a young lawyer named Rick Landel, and he said, I want to take your case pro bono. And he took my case, signed on, and we ran the second fastest time in the state of Michigan, and I got, and I, we set the school record twice, and 
I got full ride for track and cross country to Rochester College, which was then Michigan Christian College. Bravo. You know, that's that says a lot about perseverance and never giving up and also listening to your inner voice and to for you the voice you know, the voice of God and and really feeling that, that blessing, which I believe is so important. Let's get back to your book because I think it's so important. How was it to write the book and what were you thinking when you put the book together? I mean, what was important to you, Ron? The most important thing to me was to have a resource that Christians could use that gave them hope, but at the same time gave them practical advice and um, information with a biblical spin on it that they could apply to their children and help them be successful as I was successful and help them to be able to develop those skills that are going to help them be independent someday or employable or even just um, be able to manage their emotions better and be able to do what everyone else does. I like to say my book is about can, not can't. How can I help my child be able to accomplish their full potential? And as I mentioned before that, looks different for every child on the spectrum. Since it's a spectrum, there's a wide variety of um, abilities that are there and also disabilities that can be refined in the beautiful gifts. I so support that because because I know that from firsthand working with with children and youth and, and adults that have been on the spectrum. And they have many have so much to contribute. Why do you think that, I mean, we're in a different place than where you were when you were younger and people didn't understand, but there's still a lot of misunderstanding regarding individuals on the autism spectrum. Why do you think that is, and how can we change that? I think that there's a big um, misunderstanding and lack of awareness because people stereotype so much. We got that um, new TV show on Netflix, Atypical, which I've been watching that and really like it. And a lot of people, when they think autism, they think of a rain man, a guy who, um, when toothpicks fall on the ground, can instantly say there's 246 toothpicks rather than 250. Or they picture Forrest Gump. Mom always said life's like a box of chocolates. I just I got Asperger's here. And they, they stereotypic the Asperger's and the, um, the classic autism, not realizing it, since it's a spectrum, there's very many variances, and it's multivariant in the way it expresses itself in people. And you may meet someone who's brilliant, and um, then when you ask them a question, it takes them a while to think, and they, and they look like they're lost in space, but they're really thinking about it. Even um, Albert Einstein, who many believe had Asperger's, when someone asked him a question, he said, can you repeat it slowly? I need to process it. Even though he had one of the greatest minds of all time, you need to hear that information slowly. And a lot of times you know, I I'll think ask that's a bunch a, I, of questions. Right. I, I think you made an important, a really important point because many people, whether people, whether they have autism or Asperger's or not, many people process information very differently from other people. And I've worked with people who who need time to process. And it doesn't mean that they 
they're limited intellectually or they don't know the answer, it means that their brains just work in a very different way. And I think bravo for that. I mean, like you said, look at the genius of Einstein and all that he's given. And if his brain did not work differently, we may not have benefited from all the beautiful gifts that he was able to help. Some of his quotes and his abilities and and his referencing to creativity and to, you know, not being able to just look at the status quo, but to go beyond it and to, and to really think in a new, a new and a novel way is so incredible. Just like your brain is so incredible with everything that you've done and all that you do. What, what do you do? You know, you, you are actually a minister, right? So what do you, where is ministry? How do you, you know, what do you do on a daily basis with that? How does that work? Um, currently, I speak at about 70 events a year, and I speak at a lot of churches, and I share on autism and autism awareness. Um, next week, I'll be speaking at um, Christ the King Lutheran Church, sharing my story of um, autism and my journey. Also, um, I do sermons, which I'll be doing a sermon there on um, true transformation in Christ. And then I'll be speaking on September 3rd at a church, sharing my testimony. So I go out to a lot of churches, share my testimony. Today I'm meeting with a minister about speaking at his Lutheran church on autism and autism awareness. So that's a big part of it. And also being a professor, I've been a professor now 14 years at Destiny School of Ministry, and I'm teaching this semester um, class on the manners and cultures of the Bible and Christology. You know, you're you are just amazing. You have so much to offer people in many different arenas, whether it's spiritual or practical advice in terms of of how to raise a child, how to build self esteem, how to how to really have perseverance. Why is parent parental perseverance and not just parental, but I I would also say a child's perseverance, why is that so important? It's important because a lot of times people lose hope. And to realize that never to lose hope is um, the most important thing. And um, perseverance means that you just keep working with the child and keep working with the child until you see the breakthrough. It's like a jack-in-the-box. You keep going around, going around, and pop, all of a sudden, there's change. And that's you how parents I... have to take that approach, Sorry. You know, I think that's also true of people, individuals. It's, I think it's important for the parents, but I also think that we, we, as individuals, whatever kind of task or whatever, whatever we're doing is, and we really believe it, and it's really important. Even if we have naysayers or or people who don't believe in us or don't think it's possible. We need to persevere and really have the confidence and the the desire to move past the challenges and to just come out the other side. And you can't do that unless you have that perseverance and believe in yourself and also believe that, that it's possible. So I think that's so important. Tell us, what's one of the most important missions for you right now? One of my most important missions right now is I want to help bring about health care for everyone. And um, it's so important that everyone 
as they grow older is going to have some kind of disability as we grow older. The normal process is going from unability to ability to disability, and that's if we're lucky. And it's not fair to um, make some people who work full-time have no um, health insurance, and that's what we're seeing a lot of. And even when you have health insurance, the, the rates are going so high that it's making it so that the middle class and lower class are barely able to get by. So that's one of the things I'm really working on, coming up with a way to help everyone to be able to be insured. And also with kids with disabilities, it's important to have insurance and important to have health care that can provide for those kids. You know, I believe in that because I think that that many parents, especially parents who have kids with disabilities or on the spectrum, have a lot of medical expenses and need the special kinds of support often. And if the if those supports or the medical intervention isn't possible or feasible because somebody's financially limited, then then we all suffer. The child suffers, the family suffers, but I also believe in the end we all suffer. So I think that's and important. And we all suffer because if a kid with autism doesn't learn those independent skills, doesn't learn those employment skills, in the end it's going to cost Americans $60,000 a year for each child like that, where if they spend the, the extra money early on, early intervention, ABA therapy, speech therapy, occupational therapy, skill learning centers, and those are developed, then the child is going to be able to be productive. But the key is that we offer jobs that they can have. And one of the big problems, too, that I'm promoting right now is that we've gotten rid of the classes that teach practical skills, and they need things like IT um, classes in high school and computer design. So what we're doing is we're importing from other countries with visas people to do those works, which people with Asperger's could easily do if they were given those classes. And we need to rethink our education system for people with autism and make more practical, hands-on classes that teaches those skills, like cooking class, those are the first thing they get rid of, or um, shop class, those are the first things they get rid of, where a lot of times those are things where people with autism can excel. You know, I, I support that because I think that, again, that that we have to, in high school and, and even in uh, middle school, we have to think beyond and really be more flexible with our curriculum and think how are we how are we helping people develop so that like you said so that they can live independently and be able to be employed and and have some kind of career where they're giving back and the only way to do that is to make sure that they're getting the proper skills and the proper learning that we need. So bravo that that's something that you are standing behind for both of them because I think it's so very, very important to do so, to have that independence, to have the education that's really necessary and for us to take a look at it. What do you want to tell, we're almost out of time, Ron, and what do you want to tell not just parents of children and youth on the spectrum, what, what do you want to tell all parents? I'd like to tell all parents is it Every child deserves to be loved and accepted. And as you love and accept your child and work with your child and help them be the best they can be, 
then it's going to make society better. They'll be able to transform their world into a better place. So I encourage parents, always pour out into your child's life. They're the most important thing or possession that you have as your child, not thing, but they're the most important um, person that you have and that you need to be able to pour out into their lives. Wonderful. I think that's so important. And what would you tell the population at large who doesn't necessarily understand people on the spectrum? What do you want them to know, Ron? I'd like them to know that um, people with autism may be different, but they're not less, as Temple Graham says. And to um, see the good in people and um, work with them and figure out why they think the way they think. What? How are they neurologically wired? You know, I think that's that's also important. We all have strengths. We all all have challenges. We're all different in many ways, and yet we all have a way of moving ahead if we have the support, if we have the love, if we have the faith in, that other people can give us and also the faith in ourselves. Tell people, Ron, how they can get this wonderful book, how they can get a hold of you and find out more about all the wonderful things that you're doing in the world to help so many people. They can get my book, A Parent's Guide to Autism, Practical Advice, Biblical Wisdom, on Amazon. Also, they can get it in Barnes & Nobles or any um, Christian distributor booking. Also, my um, website is spectruminclusion.com. I share more information there. If they want to reach me, they can reach me by email at Sanderson, S-A-N-D-I-S-O-N, 456 at com, And that's um, the easiest way to reach me is through um, my email. Wonderful. Any other remaining comments that you want our listening audience to to hear from you who've accomplished so much and are really a spokesperson for people on the spectrum and so much more? I guess I'll end on this quote. Perseverance is simply enjoying the distance between the fulfillment of God's promises. And to always persevere, never give up. Wonderful. So like you, you have you are a prime example. You and your mom are prime examples of perseverance in action. Perseverance to be able to move beyond what what somebody else said, what what the medical profession said, even the the educators at the time when when you were growing up that said it was not possible. You and your mom saw saw be, behind that and dismissed that and were able to help you move forward to create a most beautiful life. What are you grateful for? I'm grateful for my wife Kristen. I'm grateful for my mom, my dad, all my um, siblings who helped me out along the way, and I'm also grateful for um, Mikhail Marie and God, all the things that he's accomplished in my life. Wonderful. Ron, you are a beautiful soul. I feel very blessed to to know you, and I'm here cheering you on. So thank you so much for being on the Power Your Life show, and thank you for sharing your gifts and your words of wisdom with the world. Thanks so much for having me on your show. My pleasure. Have a blessed day. You too. Bye. Just want to let everyone know that this is an opportunity to really recognize the specialness of all of us 
and to remember that even though somebody is different, it doesn't mean, like Ron said and like Temple Grandin says, it doesn't mean that they're less than. And it's important to get beyond the stereotypical information and the stereotypes and really decide to learn about people and to love them for their specialness and for who they are. Thanks so much for joining us on Power Your Life. If you want to get a hold of me, you can go to Joanne at drjoannewhite.com, go to my website, drjoannewhite.com, or docwhite.org, and find out more about upcoming shows and articles and how to empower yourself and be a powerful source of love and support and creativity in your life and in the lives of others. Thanks so much for joining us, and have a blessed day wherever you are. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come. Just in time for back to school. Get your kid a great phone during the Sprint Deal Spectacular. From August 25th to September 7th, you can get the Samsung Galaxy S7 Edge for $10 a month with Sprint Flex Lease. And while supplies last, the LG V20 is also just $10 a month. Or get the LG G5 for $5 a month. All with annual upgrades after 12 payments. Sprint works for me. Visit Sprint.com slash deals or call 1-800-SPRINT-1 today. Subject to credit, $30 activation fee, 18-month leases with new line. Early termination results and remaining balance due. S7 Edge and V20 require $30 down, G5, $25 down. Coverage and offer not everywhere. Restrictions apply. Just in time for back to school. Get your kid a great phone during the Sprint Deal Spectacular. From August 25th to September 7th, you can get the Samsung Galaxy S7 Edge for $10 a month with Sprint Flex Lease. And while supplies last, the LG V20 is also just $10 a month. Or get the LG G5 for $5 a month. All with annual upgrades after 12 payments. Sprint works for me. Visit Sprint.com slash deals or call 1-800-SPRINT-1 today. Subject to credit, $30 activation fee, 18-month leases with new line. Early termination results and remaining balance due. S7 Edge and V20 require $30 down, G5, $25 down. Coverage and offer not everywhere. Restrictions apply.